0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Steeler Country. I'm your host, Tony. Week 16 and 17 in the books, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeat both the Houston Texans and Cleveland Browns to close out their season, bringing their record to 13-3, clinching a first-round bye and the number two seed in the AFC. Look, these were not impressive opponents to beat, right? But these were important wins for the team, especially the win in Houston. Not only did that clinch the first-round bye for this team, uh, but... It also put to rest some of the narratives that were coming out of the New England game and certainly the second half of this team, or the, the second half of this team's season. We've heard a lot about this team playing down to their opponents. I've certainly talked a lot about, you know, the Ben on the road thing. You know, this, this kind of, this idea that there would be a, a hangover after that Patriots loss or, or an offensive letdown without Antonio Brown. None of those were a factor in that game. And yes, Houston is a team that, you know, their season is over. They've had a ton of injuries, you know, they, do they give up on their coach or do they give up on the season? Potentially, right? But, uh, you know, there were a lot of things coming into this game that, you know, could have manifested themselves, right? The, certainly that the kind of idea that the Steelers played down to their opponent has been a narrative we've heard about all season long and has been, you know, has been certainly true at times this year. Uh, didn't happen in this game. Ben played a terrific game, no Ben on the road nonsense in this one. No hangover after the Patriots lost. They certainly brushed that one off. And and look more like a team on a mission now. You know, having that revenge factor of like, no, 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 we have unfinished business. We're not letting the Houston Texans of the world or or even the Cleveland Browns of the world stand in the way of our mission to go meet New England again in the AFC Championship game and get revenge for for that loss or for that travesty. Um, And and, there was no offensive letdown without Antonio Brown, right? Really... And truly, this offense is back. Um, the the, two, the offense that we we saw in 2015, we got some glimmers of it in 2015, went away as we had so many injuries in 2016, and the offense never really found its rhythm as a high-flying pick-your-poison type. Instead, it became this kind of ground-and-pound, um, you know, Le'Veon as the feature and, and kind of make things happen from there. And we thought that that was going to be the case earlier in this year. I remember, you know, after Kansas City, I was a big proponent of like, yes, let's go back to this. This is how we're going to win the Super Bowl. We're just going to give the ball to Le'Veon and let everything kind of open up from there. And and that was certainly a part of the season, right? That, that was certainly the story of the midseason, uh, uh, you know, everything after Jacksonville and, and before Tennessee, because you look at Detroit, you look at Indianapolis, right? I mean, you know, you even look at the Cincinnati game, right? Those were games in which, you know, it really was um, the offense having to run through Le'Veon or, or you know, Ben Roethlisberger uh, having to play in spite of Ben Roethlisberger in a lot of ways, but... Since then, since Tennessee, this has been an offense that has been on the rise. And I want to go over the reasons why. Number one, Juju Smith Schuster is becoming a feature player on this team. He was, I mean, really, what a breakout year for him in his rookie year. You know, he he could have just been a nice addition to this offense, a complimentary guy to to Martavis and to Eli Rogers, who are probably gonna be your number two and number three guys into the season. And, yeah, we'll see some juju as, as it goes along. Remember, you know, very very similar to the way that A.B. was in his rookie year, right? Making a, a big catch in the playoffs and, and you know, a couple, couple big catches here and there or a Mike Wallace earlier in his career or Emmanuel Sanders early in his career, right? You see these young receivers who are great, who end up being great, but they don't have a huge impact in year one. They're more of a guy who's around the fringes of the team. This He was a very good player. He, you know, he was that player very early in the year. Made some plays here and there against the Lions breakout splash play the ninety-seven yarder against Detroit. And since then he has become a star player in this offense. You know, let us let's, let's talk about the, the catch and run against the Patriots uh to open that one to, to get us right back in that game. The becoming a reliable first option against the Houston Texans with A B out and the kick return against against Cleveland, right? This is a this now he has become a, a reliable target uh, a, a guy who is a great and willing blocker um, and a splash player in both on offense and now on special teams. Um, you know, I don't know how. Boy, they're they're probably going to give rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year to to, to Alvin Kamara, and he's been great. But my goodness, Juju Smith Schuster has been everything you could have possibly wanted out of uh, our second round wide receiver and more. I mean, he has he has definitely been the best wide receiver uh, taken in this draft, uh, and I, I don't think it's close. Uh, on the other side of him is, is Martavis Bryant, um, who you know I've had a lot of things to say about Martavis, but I will say Martavis Bryant is becoming Martavis again. Yes, it took 16 games for us to get here, but you know he has a role now, right? He's becoming more dependable. It's not when Martavis, oh god, Martavis, don't fuck this up. You know we, we haven't, we're not seeing that anymore. And he's not the same player that he was two years ago. No doubt about that, right? He is not the the game breaking playmaker that we remember. Um, he's not making the splash plays, but he's no longer a liability, right? And he's he's, he's able to be a dependable player, much like, you know, uh, Juju was early in the year, right? Martavis is kind of becoming that guy. Um, you know, he still has, I think he has problems in open spaces. His short area quickness is gone. Um, he doesn't look comfortable with the ball in his hands in tight areas, but, um, you know, the Steelers have to ask less of that of him, and, and again, you know, they are asking less than him and more asking him to, you know, to kind of be a deep threat a little bit and then, uh, you know, short cut routes or out routes, something like that. Uh, he, he has certainly found a role in this offense and that is great to see. The other guy I want to talk about on this offense that I think has really opened things up, especially in these last couple games, is Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald is the secret star player of this offense or can be the secret star player of this offense. I want to start with his, you know, him as a run blocker. I think he excels as a run blocker, no doubt about that. Le'Veon Bell is so much better when he, when when Vance McDonald's on the field and blocking for him. Uh, you look at Le'Veon's uh, yards per carry with with Vance McDonald on the field and without, and it's terrific. It's terrific, uh, you know. And to have that right, this is this goes back to like the Heath Miller type thing. Heath Miller was also a very good blocker, uh, but also a very sure catcher. And with with Vance McDonald out there. You know, this this offense is just so much more efficient when we have a go-to tight end. You can look at what Ladarius Green did last year when he was out there against the Cowboys and the Giants. Um, You can see Baltimore this year when Jesse James got going, right? I mean, there have been games where Jesse James gets going, and it just all of a sudden the offense feels a lot easier. And, you know, Ben loves to go to the tight end. He loves to go to the running back out of the backfield, right? And when you have a Le'Veon Bell and you have a Vance McDonald in those positions— Guys who are already playmakers, you know, it's it's a difference maker, and I think Vance McDonald will be a difference maker in the playoffs if he can stay healthy. I mean, he hasn't stayed healthy for a large part of this year, which is why we haven't seen a lot of him. So it's a big if. But my goodness, when he's out there, the offense is different. Uh, you know, and we it goes from being a oh are we going to give the ball to AB? Oh, let's go to AB. Let's go to to Juju. It just the easy. It just gets so much easier. When, when he's out there, we just get easy 10 yard plays, 15 yard plays to McDonald. Again, he takes over the middle of the field um, and, and kind of sucks in uh, whether it's linebackers or safeties or, you know, they have, again, the defenses all of a sudden have to think about, you know, covering the tight end of the backfield when you're already trying to double team AB and, and make sure my doesn't beat you deep and get the running back out of the backfield. And, you know, all, again, it's, it's another wrinkle in this offense and having a playmaker there, you know, again, I think it's a difference maker in the playoffs, no doubt about it. And then Steven Ridley, oh look, he had a solid performance against the Browns. Coming in for James Conner, who's hurt now with an MCL injury, um, you know, again, not a flashy performance for Steven Ridley, not, not a flashy player really, but he'll be a good spellback for Le'Veon, a, a position that we certainly need, right? We've talked about this. You know, Le'Veon, first of all, the injury concerns, um, you know, he's been very solid this year as far as that goes. And then, you know, we're going to need a guy to come in every once in a while. And I thought Ridley, I think Ridley has done – uh did well against Cleveland. I think he's good out of the backfield. He was a, certainly a solid runner. Um, you know, with the offensive line that we have, you, you know, he doesn't. Uh, you know, it's not as, not like the patient type, like like Le'Veon. Uh, more of a guy who wants to hit the hole and go. Uh, but you like that out of him. You know, he doesn't he doesn't go backwards. So um, I, I like Ridley. Again, we're not. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think. I don't think like you know, the other three guys we talked about: Juju, Martavis, Manson Donald. I think those are guys who can be really star players for this team. I think Ridley is just another. You know, he's a solid. uh, backup for this team but you know in an offense where we want we aspire to score 30 points a game and we aspire to be this pick your poison type of offense right i mean you need all of those kind of players you need your star players you need your ab your your Lavion, right but then you need that kind of second tier where it's the juju martavis vance mcdonald right not the superstars but still very good dangerous players who can make plays at times and then you also need that kind of third tier of your kind of b squad right? i mean let's just go over it right now you know you you line up your best five on offense, uh, you know, other than Ben, right? Ben playing quarterback, your, your best five options. It's Le'Veon Bell, it's Antonio Brown, it's Juju Smith-Schuster, it's Martavis Bryant, and it's Vance McDonald. That's our A squad, right? And then you go back to our B squad, Jesse James, Eli Rogers, Stephen Ridley. You know, those guys have seen quality minutes, especially Jesse James and Eli Rogers, who, who again, were starters last year. You know, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, how much depth this team has because they've they've added so many players at these positions that they've, you know, last year they went through just this like injury after injury after injury and you had these guys having to step up. And all of a sudden now we get into 2017 where all of a sudden this team's healthy. And so you have these players who have seen quality minutes in big games. Eli Rogers, Jesse James both played and played significant minutes and had big plays in that AFC Championship game a year ago. That's your B squad now. Right, That's your B squad. Is there anyone in that that you don't trust? Is there anyone even in the B squad that you don't trust? I mean, the A squad, you know, I mean, Martavis is like, "Eh," but Martavis is getting better. You know, Juju in a big game, I want to see it. AB in a big game, of course I want to see that. Le'Veon, we know these guys come up huge in, in big moments. You know, we're a long way away. We are a long, long way away from the days of Sammy Coates and Kobe Hamilton, you know, trying to make big plays in that AFC Championship game. Remember the first third down play, it's third and four. And the Steelers go deep down the sideline to Sammy Coates. Now replace that with Juju. Re- replace that with, with, the worst case scenario is replace that with Martavis. I trust Martavis Bryant more than I trust Sammy Coates, right? If it's if it's third and four and I'm going to Kobe Hamilton or I'm going to Vance McDonald, who do you feel better about? That's what we're talking about when we talk about the 2016 team that went to New England versus the 2017 team that's, that's potentially going to New England, or going into this playoff run, right? I, I tell you what, man, offensively, it's great to see Ben Roethlisberger playing at the level he's playing at, and, and to kind of break out of the funk he was in earlier in this year, because the players he has around him—I mean, this offense, talent-wise, has really never been better. You've got Av playing at an MVP level. You've got Le'Veon playing extremely well, and then you've got you know an offensive rookie of the year in Juju. You've got a, a tight end in Vance McDonald, who not you know not a superstar, but again another solid player, and then Martavis Bryant, who is a superstar you know in in hiding almost uh you know if he ever breaks out my goodness my goodness defensively i mean it's still a mixed bag right you know this wasn't a great performance defensively against cleveland uh houston was better but um uh, you know it's 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 exciting to see joe hayden back because you know him being down against uh against indianapolis and then seeing the kind of defensive struggles that this team had without him right you know giving up 38 to baltimore and and giving up um, you know, a bunch of points to New England and and Cincinnati, right? It was just it was tough to watch without Joe Hayden being there. Now he's back. You know, the Steelers are playing more man to man now. I, I will say that. You know, you notice everything after New England; it's a little more man to man now than it was before. And I, I I wonder if you know they're trying to get this team a little more comfortable before the rematch, they weren't bad. The, the man-to-man that they played against New England this year was, was good. And it was without Joe Hayden. I thought Joe Hayden was going to play a huge part uh, in that, you know, in being successful with our, with our man-to-man, um, against Brady. And, you know, he didn't even play in that game and they still were, were very, very good. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't say very, very good. But they were good. Um, so we'll see how they do, in, you know, potentially in the rematch, they need to work out a way to limit Gronk for sure. You know, I'm not sure you're going to put Joe Hayden on Gronk, but, um, yeah, I, I like the idea of Joe Hayden being back, and we'll see if if defensively, you know, it's still everything, you know, the past events is still kind of a liability with him. It was a little bit against Cleveland. I, I don't know how much to read into the Cleveland game because it was a game that didn't matter. The Steelers were trying to break the sack record. It's hard. It's very hard to read into uh, that, that kind of performance. Remember, last year, the defense struggled mightily against, against Cleveland in that last game. They were just giving up drive after drive. That was RG3, uh, drive after drive. And... Uh, the next week they play Miami and just shut I mean, just a complete shutdown. So hard to read into this one. Uh, On the other side of Joe Hayden, you have Artie Burns. I think he's just a little too inconsistent, right? The problem with Artie this year is I expected him to make a leap, right? You, You wanted Artie Burns, the emerging playmaker in 2016, to become Artie Burns, the playmaker in 2017. Look, he's probably better as a player right now than he was last year. But he's not better as a playmaker. He's not flashy in any way. You know, he's he's good. He makes good plays. He made good plays last year. Like I said, he's probably better than he was last year, but, you know, it just hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been definitively better. And you can look at the defense as a whole, right? Defensively, we are better than we were a year ago. No doubt about that. We're better at getting the quarterback. Uh, we're, you know, we're better against the pass. But no one's really made, you know, the quote-unquote leap this year defensively. I mean, who's our most improved player from last year, right? Starter for starter, who's our best? Who's our most improved player? Last year, we had a great defensive draft. Remember, Artie Burns in the first round, Sean Davis in the second round, Javon Hargrave in the third round. Have any of those guys really even stood out this year? I mean, if anything, it's been the new guys who have improved this defense year over year, right? Bringing Joe Hayden in, having, finding Mike Hilton and putting him in the slot, and then TJ Watt as an as a, a line, outside linebacker, edge rusher. Those have really been your biggest impact players. This year. I mean, along with, you know, the Cam Hayward, Ryan Chazier, Stephon Tewitt regular crew that you've had, right? It hasn't really been Artie Burns making a leap at corner that's really turned the tide, right? It's just been Joe Hayden alongside Artie Burns now has made it a little tougher for quarterbacks to find the cornerback that they want to pick on. You know, it hasn't really been Sean Davis making a huge leap. He's had good moments. He's had good moments, but he's also had some really bad plays. And then Javon Hargrave, you know, he just doesn't see the field as much. I think that partially due to the fact that, again, TJ Watt's been very good. Um, And and I think Vince Williams has been pretty good. I mean, Vince Williams is probably our most improved player uh, defensively. But, again, he didn't start last year. I mean, the pass rush is, is there, right? The pass rush is still there. The pass rush, which we had earlier in the year, you know, it's been silent at times. It's gone away, which they've got to get better at. They did set the sack record, so you can't take that away from them. You know, they, they got 56 sacks this year, they led the league in sacks. But there is a difference between getting those sacks and getting consistent pressure. And the problem for this team at times has been that they don't get consistent pressure, uh, especially when they just rushed four. You know, guys like Bud Dupree have just completely gone silent. The B crew of of Arthur Moats and Chiccolo was better earlier in the year than it is now. Chicolo had some great performances early in the year, but now, ooh, you know, kind of gone away. Uh, you know, no James Harrison. We'll talk about that next week when we get Mike and Joe on, but, you know, no James Harrison anymore. So you're really going to rely on TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. You know, uh, again, your best pass rusher this year was Cam Hayward. Not not a bad thing, right? I An mean, interior pass rusher is not a bad thing, especially when your nemesis, the team you need to beat the most, is Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, and they are most susceptible to, uh, to interior rushers, so... You know, I'm not going to be. You know, I'm not, I'm not sad about the fact that Cam Hayward's our best pass rusher, but uh, you'd like to see someone like a Bud Dupree stick out a little more. And the run defense has to get better. Absolutely has to get better. Not having Shazier, I mean, yes, it hurts, but it's not all Ryan Shazier because this was this was evident before then, right? The things we're start we we're, we're seeing against the run are, are the same kinds of things we saw against. You know, whether it was. Uh, Chicago early in the year, or, uh, you know, the, the, again, then uh, Jacksonville, had a, they had a drive in that game where, you know, they just kind of ran right through us, right? You have to be able to defend the run in the playoffs. And Sean Spence is getting better in Year spot, but still a liability, and it's not all on that position. Sean Davis, Vince Williams, the entire defensive line, right? These guys have to step up. They have to be better against the run. Absolutely, 100% has to be better against the run. If we're giving up five, six yards of carry in the playoffs, like we did against Houston, it's going to be a problem. Now, I mean, Tomlin, you know, said, look, that some of that was game planning of not wanting them to beat us through the air. That's where they could really do some damage. Um, Okay, fine. I will potentially accept that, you know, but run defense has been a problem too many times this year for me to just buy into the fact that, oh, yeah, we we wanted them to run. Uh, Okay, maybe, maybe, but you got to be better anyway. Overall, though, look—it's you got to be excited about this team going into the You you have to be excited about a team that is 13 and three. They swept the AFC North. They they went on a, they were on an eight game winning streak at one point. Uh, you know they won whatever it was, ten of their last eleven or whatever. Um, you know that that really the only the winning streak broken by the travesty that was the Patriots game. They're relatively healthy going in. You know we talked about having the killer bees and, and having them healthy. You know, we didn't have A B in that Patriots game, but you know, he's out catching passes today on the on the Juggs machine, so he'll he should be back for that first playoff game. No other major injuries for this team, you know. No one really nursing anything, no one really coming back from anything big, uh, you know, other than really Vance McDonald, who's been who's been down all year, up and down all year. The other thing you have to love about this team is is that they are a second half team. They're a fourth quarter team. You know, those close wins that we talked about throughout the year that were too close, and oh god, what's going on here? Those wins built character for this team. This team knows how to win football games. That's what those games were about. You know, there was that point that stretch in the year where you kind of felt like, eh, this game's gonna lose this, this team. This team is gonna lose a stupid game. You know, we got into those games against against Cincinnati and and Baltimore and Green Bay, and it's like, yeah, the Steelers are gonna lose one of these games because you know they're just not playing well enough to win. You know, consistently like this, right? They're just going to drop one of these, but they didn't. They didn't because they were—they're a second half team. They're a fourth quarter team. They continued in those games to yes, they didn't play well, but they played well enough to win. And top the when this—the last time this team won the Super Bowl was 2008, and the mantra that year was throw style points out the window. And this team has had so many games this year, so many games of throw style points out the window, but this team wins. And 2018 had the exact same thing, which is we'll play some shitty, ugly games. And, you know, it's not going to be pretty. But at the end of the day, the Steelers have more points than the other team. And that's what this team has been. You even go look at the Patriots' lost this year. Down 27-24 to 24 with a minute to go. Right down the field. They were right in a position to win that football game at the end. They lose it on a technicality, fine. But they were in a position to win that game at the end. I'm telling you, this team knows how to win. This team has that whatever, you know, whatever it is, this team has it. You don't go 13-3 by accident. This team has character. Um, this team has the playmaking ability. And this team has it, you know, the the it thing that Super Bowl teams have. You know, we said it before the year. It's Super Bowl or bust. And it certainly feels that way right now, right? You, it's not going to set up better for this team. I mean, the only, the only way we would have set up better is if we don't lose that game to the Patriots and we get home field. But other than that, you know, this we get the bye week, we get a week to rest. We've got everybody coming in healthy now. We're, we're, and, and look at the run that we're about to set ourselves up for. You set yourself up for a rematch with Jacksonville, where Ben can potentially uh you know get the redemption of that five-interception game, and then you get that rematch with New England. And yes, it's in New England, and you'd rather it be in Pittsburgh, but as I said uh, on the last time we did this podcast, we can win in New England because we already won this game in Pittsburgh. It's not like the same thing happened this time that happened the last two times we played New England. They didn't come in there and blow us out. Yeah, they, they put up 27 on us. Yes, they put up 27, but we should have had 31. This team can score 30 on New England. The question is, can New England score 30 on us? We will see. Right? We will see. Will it be a will it be a shootout again? You know, again, we will find out in January. I mean, I think these two teams are are on a are on a collision course for, for the AFC Championship game, and I cannot wait to see that one because the, the emotion in that game, um, it's it's gonna be something to watch. All right, that's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. uh, Next week, I will get Joe and Mike back on the podcast. I I don't think they've been on since, uh, I think, after Baltimore the first time. So I'll get them back on, recap the regular season, and preview this playoff run. Uh, If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address, the website, SteelerCountryPodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at SteelerCountry. See you next week.